Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club. That's getinthefight.club and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight. So let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson and I am your host and the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and of course this show. If you're listening to it today, again, thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for listening in. This is really intended for a Christian man who says he wants to be more. He wants to be more of a husband, more of a father, more of a follower of Jesus that he knows he's meant to be, knows that God has called him to be. And for a lot of guys, it's it's really a matter of you know pushing through apathy, pushing through weak mindsets. It's getting past you know, issues in your life that have caused you to just run your race to a point where you're maybe just not running hard. Maybe maybe for some of you, it's an issue of, like me, where you just kind of found yourself at a place where you're going like, you know what, like I've stopped trying to be great. I've stopped caring like I should care. And I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to get past this secret addiction to pornography or alcohol or gambling or or, or even just, again, apathy. So if that's you, if you're pushing for a bigger life, a better life, and you want to be more of that man that God meant for you to be, then you're totally in the right place. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of this. This is a ending portion, part seven of seven, uh, of a book review that we've done from Craig Rochelle called Divine Direction, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. If you've missed the first six parts of this book review, start at episode number 40. This is episode number 46 here, and you can listen to all seven uh, of those sessions there. But we've been really talking about this one central idea. Making God-honoring decisions can absolutely change your life. It will change your life. And in fact, we talked about the idea of like, start with small decisions. Understand that there's no really small decision because your whole life is this accumulation of daily decisions. We've said this throughout the podcast uh, series here from the book that we make a mistake, I think, as believers in saying, let's make this decision to follow Jesus as if it's this one day, one time decision. It's not. It's a daily decision. Today, I have to choose to follow Jesus or not to, or to follow Nate. <laughs> You've got to make the same decision for you. And so when you think of it in those terms, there's no small decision to follow Jesus. It's a big decision every day. It's a big decision to say, God, I want to honor you with my life. For us in our ministry here at Get in the Fight, we have four principles that we look at that kind of steer the ship for us. Principles like, I'm a man of honor. I'm a man of discipline. I'm a man of strength. I'm a man of joy. We break those things down and we really just kind of talk about things like integrity and commitment, all these things that we think make us look more like Jesus. Well, the reality is every day I have to choose to be that man. In certain days, I don't choose well. And I'm sure that's true for you too. 
But what happens is when we have an accumulation of bad decisions day after day after day after day, those small bad decisions to not be a man of honor or discipline or strength or joy lead to big consequences and stories that we tell later on. We, we see this analogy in scripture a lot of, you know, planting a small seed, but then harvesting a return. Well, sometimes when you plant good seeds, you get great return on a great thing. Sometimes when you plant a small seed of doubt, of fear, of lust, of greed, of all kinds of other things, you harvest something, but it's not so great. So we, we talk about God honoring decisions can change your life because we, we realize that there's no small decision. They all count. We talked about the idea of like stopping before you make a decision. Imagine the power of being able to pause. Imagine being able to just stop before you made a purchase or stop and ask for help if you needed you know, wisdom or direction on dating this girl or marrying this girl or taking this job or moving away from family or whatever the thing is. Imagine if you could have the power to stop before you decided to move. Could change your life. We, we talked about the idea of when do you need to stay and not run away from something? And maybe it's not always running away. I understand that. But like, when are, when are you supposed to stay? And then in another podcast, we talked about when do you need to go? When is God saying to you, it's okay to leave, right? Like learning to decide what's best and wisest in the midst of all of those daily decisions. Sometimes they're not as big, seemingly big as others. And other times they're huge and we know it big forks in the road. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I take this job? Do I, do I not like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? So when we learn to honor God in those decisions, we can change our life. And in fact, some of the ways that it'll change your life, we said was that it changes who you become. When I start to honor God with the way that I think about the decisions that I make, one of the byproducts of it is I become a man more like him. I start to serve not because it's something I go do here and there, like I served on this Saturday, or I, I'm going to go to this mission, I'm going to go whatever, do this thing at a certain time. No, instead of it's like when I go and do it like that, it's like I become that. I become a man who serves. It becomes like more of the character of who I am because why? God is that way. The more I honor God in my decisions, the more I become like him in those ways. And just again, like Jesus, when he came here, he comes into this broken, beat down world, not to serve, not, not to be served, sorry, but to serve. How amazing is that? And so as we start to honor him, we become more like him in that way. In the last episode, we talked about one of the things that happens to us is we also start to feel the need to connect in deeper ways with people who are on the same mission as us. We talked about the idea that you're just one friend away from changing your life. And it's one of the truest things ever. When you start to honor God with your decision-making, you will likely lose friends. And then you will likely also attract new friendships with people who are on the same journey and mission as you. We desperately need to be connected like that and learning to make better decisions, godly decisions, will help you to tell better stories and connect with people who are, again, living that same mission as you. Today, as we wrap up all of these amazing conversations, we look at one more thing. We look at the idea that trusting God no matter what becomes a huge piece of this puzzle for us. We don't always know the right thing to do, that's for sure. 
So we're talking about this book and this idea of like, how do I know what to decide to do? Well, one of the biggest decisions that you can make that will change your life is learning to trust God no matter what. Maybe you've heard it said this way, and I think it's true. You're currently in a storm in your life right now. You've just come out of a storm or you're moving into one. Now, that's not very encouraging to think about, is it? Like, we don't like the idea of the fact that there's always a storm around. But I think if, you're, if you've lived long enough, you know that that's true. You're, you're either, you know, coming out of one right now, you've been in one recently, or you know that one is coming. It is just kind of the way that life is. One of the things that's so true about life is that life is tough. It just is. Life is tough. It, is, it does not always deal a fair hand. There are certain stories that to just hear what men and women and families are dealing with just rocks you to, you, to your core and you're thinking, this is too much. This is too big. This is too overwhelming. God, this story is, is too big. And maybe you feel that way today too. If you're dealing with a storm and you're in something heavy today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know when I say life is tough, you feel that, don't you? Like you just know, man, I, I'm in it. I'm in that storm right now. If you're just coming out of one, it may be less intense, but you know what that pain feels like because you were just right there. You know how dark life can get. You've been in it, not that far away from it, and you know what that feels like. If you're doing great today, enjoy it. <laughs> that's the only thing I would tell you. If you're doing great today, that's awesome. I'm glad you are. Enjoy it because life is tough and it won't always be that way. Death comes for all of us. Change is inevitable. Brokenness is all around us. Disease is, covers this planet. We will lose and we will have loss. Life as a result of the fall is painful. It's hard. This is not our home, right? And we are reminded of that all the time. And, and this is where today's conversation to me is just so, so powerful. I want you to understand this really clearly if you're listening today. Your life for the good or the bad is based on your ability to make a decision today to do one of two things, to either trust God no matter what, because if you do, it will change your life, or you will decide not to trust God, and it too will change your life. On one hand, if you make a decision today to say, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what, no matter what trouble may come, no matter what life throws at me, I will trust you. I will trust in you. I believe in you and, and I will follow you. If you will do that, you will grow closer to God. You will become more conformed to his image. But if you make a decision today that says, I won't trust you. I don't trust you. I'm not sure that you're good. There's a few things that happen. Number one, your heart starts to drift away. Discouragement can start to take over. Doubt can creep in. Fear can take over, right? Apathy can set in. Your faith can be shaken. How you determine to trust God or to not trust God will absolutely change your life. We've made that premise and that promise in this book, 
Craig has made it throughout the book, and we've kind of like reiterated that through this podcast series, that your your <laughs> decision to follow God is going to change your life for the good or for the bad. And here's the thing. It's your choice. You have a decision to make in this. But as you go through this, and even as you make a decision, here's what I want you to know. It will not take away all your doubt. Doubt is a part of this equation. In fact, I want to go to the book and read a part of this book for you here. Going to the book here, Craig says, doubt or the absence of trust comes in all shapes and sizes. Some people might doubt God's very existence. Others believe he is likely real, but just not very involved in our everyday lives. Some might not trust his goodness, arguing that if God were truly good, then he wouldn't allow such evil and suffering to happen in the world. Some might not pray often or ever, doubting that their prayers even make any difference at all. Is God there? Is he real? Is he good? Is he involved? Does he even care? Some people argue that if you have any, any type of doubt, then you don't have strong faith. I'd suggest looking at it from a different angle, though. You might not have strong faith unless you push through some honest doubts. In order to decide to trust, you have to let yourself doubt. I think that's really interesting, right? Like, how many of you are thinking today, like, I believe God, but is he really good? I believe in God, but is he really there? Like, if, if I'm praying all the time, how come I never hear him audibly? How come I don't see him more clearly? Is he hiding? Like, is he good? Does he care? I think that doubts like this are common for all of us. And I think the thing that's so important today for you as you hear this, as you think through this, is this. Doubt doesn't have to be the end of your faith. And unfortunately for a lot of people, they get to a spot where they think, oh my gosh, my doubts are so big and so heavy that I can't be a believer and have doubt. But what I think you will find, and hopefully what I can show you today in this conversation, is that for a lot of people, doubt isn't the end of faith. It actually is the beginning of it. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. And if you are, please do me a big favor and simply get engaged in a simple way. For you, that might be clicking the like button or maybe subscribing to the show. For others, it may be commenting on a show that really stands out to them, or maybe it's just copying the URL and texting it to a friend or pasting that into your social media or sharing it via text, whatever it is. All of those things make a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more Christian men who are trying to live bigger and better lives. So number one, thank you for being a listener, and thank you for being a part of this community and part of this show. We appreciate it more than you know. And we appreciate you getting engaged and helping us out. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Think about, for example, Thomas, who's called, for whatever reason in the Bible, he's called Doubting Thomas, right? You know the story. Thomas believed in Jesus. Thomas was a follower of Jesus. Thomas knew that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. Thomas saw and hung out with and hugged, I'm sure, Jesus. But Thomas had some doubts, didn't he? If you remember in the Bible, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe this until I can feel it. 
until I can see it myself, I cannot believe that he rose from the dead. Now, Thomas knew what God said. Thomas knew that Jesus had been talking about this for a long time. Thomas knew who he was. But Thomas's doubts became not the end of his faith. This is what I want you to hear. Thomas's doubts, when he confronted Jesus and he encounters him again, became the beginning of his faith. Thomas went from believing in Jesus to he believed Jesus. Do you hear the difference there? Do you see that? Thomas believed in Jesus, and then through his doubt, when God showed him who he was, and he says, go ahead, touch me and see. See if it isn't true. When he went through the doubt, he believed Jesus, not just in Jesus. And I think for a lot of us, we're at the spot where we believe in him. But if we're really honest with our doubt, if we're really honest with our lives, we're not sure we believe him, though. Is he really good? Can he really be trusted? Does he really care? I want to read this passage to you, and I think it's just a a powerful passage that kind of points to the story here. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats did follow. But soon a fierce storm came. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. The storms showed up. Darkness, middle of the night, fear, worry. What did they say to Jesus that you and I often think and feel too? They said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Have you ever felt like you were drowning by any chance? Have you ever felt like maybe you were at the end of your rope? Have you ever like maybe had a sick kid or a dying child or a dying parent or friend? Maybe a marriage that's falling apart and you feel like you're drowning. Maybe there's a pornography addiction that you feel like I've tried everything and I can't get through this and you just feel so defeated, so full of shame. Maybe a job that downsized, or maybe they just walked up to you one day and said, hey, pack up your stuff, you're done, right? You got fired from your job, and you're thinking, I've got mouths to feed, insurance to cover, a house to pay for, like, what am I going to do? Maybe you've had medical bills that have piled up, or your, your cancer came back, and sickness came back, and you're left thinking, like those men in the boat, Jesus, don't you even care? that I'm drowning here? Do you, do you even know? Do you, are you even paying attention? Reminds me of so many of the Psalms where that's what the psalmists were saying is like, do you even see what's happening here? Have you turned your eyes away that you can't see? Is your heart so far removed that you can't feel? Jesus, do you care that I'm drowning? Do you even know that I'm drowning? All of those sentiments, all of those thoughts 
our doubt and all of that doubt has the ability to do one of two things. It can either end your faith or it can be the beginning of it. Think of how Jesus responds to this. He says to them, why are you afraid? Do you still not have any faith in me? And, and like, in other words, he's like, do you not know me by now? Like, he's like surprised by it almost, right? Like, do you not know? Do you not trust me? Do you not, have you not been around? Do you not believe the things that I've said? Do you not trust me? That's pretty much what's happening in all of our lives when we go through those painful moments, right? Going back to the book, I want to read another passage here for you. Craig says this, So many people think that if you're a Christian, you shouldn't have trouble. If you're following Jesus, you shouldn't experience trials, right? Actually, that's dead wrong. Jesus promised the opposite, actually. In this world, you will have trouble, John 16.33 says. Thankfully, he didn't end his promise there, though. He added, but take heart, I have overcome the world. If it's true that God loves us so much, why would he ever allow things to become more difficult for us? I certainly can't completely answer that question, but I do know this. When things are good, people tend to forget about God. I hate to admit it, but that can be very true for me. When everyone's healthy, when there's money in the bank, when all my relationships are moving smoothly, it's easy for me to start doing life in my own strength, letting my awareness that I need him fade. We think, hey, things are good. Why do I need God now? But the moment life throws us a curveball, God's the first one that we turn to for help. You see, God uses storms to draw us close to him. God uses storms to build our trust. The devil takes the opportunity to do just the opposite, though, doesn't he? The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. John 10.10, God comes that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And we think sometimes, wait, if God comes to give me life, why is this storm here? Well, God uses a storm. He uses a storm to grow in us a character that's unshakable, to grow into us and conform us into the image of his son, who certainly was not spared the storms, right? Jesus was not kept from the things that we are having to go through ourselves. He's been through all of the temptations, all of the things, and way more because he took on the cross, even though he was sinless. You know what Jesus did that we need to do? He made a decision. He made a decision to say, Father, I trust you. Your will, not mine, be done. I trust you no matter what. Jesus had made that decision. He showed us the way to get through doubt. Did Jesus have doubt? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that theologically. What I know is that he said, please don't make me go through this. Because he knew how hard the cross was. He knew what was coming. He knew the separation that would be there. But he trusted in his Father. And he knew who he was. We similarly have to know who we are in Christ today and say to him in a decision, Father, I will trust you no matter what. Now, I know that's easier said than done. I know that sounds super churchy and simplistic. And in some ways it is because you and I will be tested. You and I have probably been tested. But it won't be the last test, unfortunately. God will allow storms to come, not to break us, but to mold us and to shape us.
we all can trust God when things are going good. But God uses dark times, deep valleys to grow us close to him. I mean, think about like the most profound stories that you know, not only in your own life, but just the the stories of life that you've heard where you go, wow, that is so incredible. How did you get through that? I can't believe what God has done. I can't believe the mountains that God has moved. It's only in stories of trial. It's only in stories of trouble. We don't like to go through them. We don't like to travel in the valley of the shadow of death. But in order to become men of character, of integrity, of commitment and discipline and strength and honor and all of these things, to become more like Christ and to live the life that God means for us to live, it, unfortunately, guys, requires us to go through hard things. It requires us to go through storms. Here's what's interesting, though. God didn't bring the storm in that story in Mark 4 because they were out of his will. The fact is they experienced the storm because they were in it. That's pretty amazing to think about. They didn't, they didn't go through the storm because they were not in God's will. It wasn't like God punished them with the storm. They were in God's will, and the storm came anyways. One more time going to the book, thinking of that idea, Craig says this. Now you might be asking, did God cause the storm? That's a great question and a fair one. You might ask that about some area of your life or about someone that you care about. Did God cause me to lose my job? Did God cause me to get depressed? Did God cause this bad thing to happen to me? We need to be honest and admit that brilliant and sincere Christians passionately debate this question. Does God cause everything to happen or does God simply allow some things to happen? Some say that God never causes anything bad to happen. Since God is a good God, they suggest that he causes only good things and all bad things come from our evil opposition. Others argue that God is so big and sovereign that he rules the whole universe and causes everything that happens on earth and in heaven. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not God, and I can't tell you whether God causes storms or just allows them. But one thing that you can count on is this. God always uses storms. When we love him and when we're pursuing his purposes, he's always working things out for our good. When we recognize this truth, we can decide ahead of time that no matter what happens, no matter what life throws at us, we will trust God. I think that's pretty well said. This is a heavy debate. Does God cause this or does God just allow this? He says, Craig says, I don't know. But what I do know is this, and I think he's right on here. Wherever you settle in that bigger question, the one thing that you can probably agree on is that God uses the storm, whether he causes it or simply allows it. I don't know. A little bit bigger than my pay grade for sure. But I do know when I look at my life and I look at the lives of so many others that God absolutely does use the storms. He uses them to conform us more into his image and to make us more like his son. And the point of our ministry here is that he uses it in this discipleship-making process to help us become the men that God meant for us to be. You become more of that kind of man by going through the storm than always being safely outside of it. Does God give you more than you can handle? I think he does. I think he does. He will always be with us, but he doesn't always keep us from the fire. How do I know? I can read the stories, and I know the story of the cross. 
if he didn't keep his son from it, he's not going to keep you and I from it. But here's what he says in 2 Corinthians 9. My grace is sufficient for you. His grace is enough in whatever storm comes your way. He will use that storm to show you that it's okay for you and me to be weak. And I know that's a hard message for men in particular. It's okay for us to be weak. It's okay for us to be dependent. It's okay in this case to say, I can't do this. I can't make it through this. God, I'm a mess here. I have to have you. If you don't do this, I can't make it. God loves that prayer and he loves that position. Why? Because he is glorified and honored when we need him like that. And the reality is whether we say it or not, we need him like that. Your storms will come. You might be in it still, or it might be coming down the road. But the reality is God will use those storms. So here's what I think. We, we use a verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. It's the key verse that we use in our ministry here. And it says this, be alert. Well, be alert to what? To the fact that the devil uses storms to bring doubt that destroys. Be alert to the fact that when you're in the middle of the storm, the devil wants to use it as much as God wants to use it. And you have a decision to make as to which way you will go. I trust you, God, or I'm going to put my trust in what I don't understand and go the other way. Be alert. Be alert to the tactics being used here when you're in the storm. The second thing that verse says is stand firm in the faith. You can trust God to do good and to bring good, even though you don't understand how. It may not even be in your lifetime, but God will work all things out for the good to those who love him. Stand firm in that. When you say, God, I will trust you no matter what, stand firm in that. Despite what you see, despite the waves that are crashing in, stand firm not because you can see the way out, but because you know the one that's with you. The next line in that verse from 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 says, act like men. Do you know what that means? It means you need to have courage and bravery, courage of heart, brave heart. All of that comes from this core word here, this courage, this act like men stance. It takes a real man, it takes a real man, I should say, to follow God in the storm. It is hard, hard work. Yes, that's for women too, but this is a podcast for you men, right? Act like men. Be brave. Be strong. In the midst of not understanding, in the midst of not having all of your questions or your doubts answered, stay on the course. Stay focused on saying, God, I will follow you, although I don't understand this. The next verse, next part of the verse says, be strong. And that just follows right with bravery and courage. Be strong, not in your ability, not in your might, but in his fight with all of the weapons that are spiritual weapons that he gives you. Keep your eyes centered on him and find your strength in him. The last thing in the verse says, do everything in love. Trust is a measure of love, isn't it? Trust is a measure of love for him despite how you feel. God, I trust you is a measure of I love you. I will stay with you no matter what. You're all I need. No matter what happens, no matter what the waves do, no matter what comes crashing around me, I love you and I trust you. So the decision that you have to make today that can change your life, that can grow your faith, that can draw you closer to God is this. Father, I trust you no matter what. I trust you no matter what I see, 
(laughs) no matter what I feel. If you will do that, you will make better God-honoring decisions and it will change the stories of your life. You will become a man of service. You will be a man connected to other men and helping them to be strong. You will be a man that learns to walk with him and grows in him and becomes more like him. But you have to decide to do that today. You've got to decide to say, God, I trust you no matter what. Listen, if if this podcast or this series has helped you, and I hope that it has, please share it with some other guy. There are a lot of men that are walking this life without the encouragement that they need, without the connection that they need. And so if you want to help, if you like what you've heard, if you think the series is worthwhile, do me a favor and just share it with somebody and say, hey, there's like seven series or seven podcast episodes in the series that I think you really need to hear that I think could change your life. Maybe you can just like promote it that way. And they'll say like, change your life. That sounds crazy. And you say like, no, I think it can send it to them and say, here you go. Start at episode number 40 and work your way through. Share it with somebody though, because that's what men do. If you are being strengthened and helping by these conversations, help strengthen and serve somebody else. All right. But listen, make better decisions tell better stories. That's what it means to get in the fight. Make better decisions so you can tell better stories and honor God with your life. Become the man that God meant for you to be. You can trust him. I hope that you will. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.